I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Dune Met fans, this is John Arezzi. I want to welcome you to this preview of a brand new podcast launching just in time for the 2024 baseball season. And it's going to be my pleasure to introduce the star of this show. He's a former manager of the New York Mets who managed more games than anyone in franchise history, winning 551 games from 2011 to 2017, led the New York Mets to their last World Series appearance, in that year, and also won the National League Sporting News Manager of the Year 2015. He also managed both the Houston Astros and the Anaheim Angels in a storied career. He's currently an analyst for Baseball Night in New York on SNY and now host of his own show, The Terry Collins Show. Let's say hello to Terry Collins. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Terry Collins, and it's uh a great pleasure to be on the show, have, have my own show for the first time and for the first time, you know, attempt to share ideas and in, in the past, tell you some stories and certainly let's talk some baseball and have some fun with it. It's a, certainly been, been my life and I'm, I'm looking to share some of those times with you guys as fans. Well, I can't begin to tell you how excited that I am to begin this journey with you, Terry. I, I've been a diehard Mets fan since 1966 went to my first game that year. And uh, I worked in the organization, as you know, early on in the early 80s and uh, in in the Sally Lee Class A baseball where life is kind of rough sometimes. I had a couple of roommates, shared a house with uh, John Gibbons and J.P. Ricciardi. Uh, The three of us shared a house with another uh, minor league player. And, uh, of course, uh, those guys did really well. Uh, Gibby, of course, uh, managed the Blue Jays uh, and uh, is now the new bench coach for the New York Mets. J.P. Ricciardi, former GM of the Blue Jays, spent a lot of years in baseball. So last season I did host the Gibby show uh, with John, uh, focusing on the Blue Jays. But here we are now launching a show centered around my all-time favorite baseball team, the New York Mets. And, and, and I can't ask for a better 
partner to do this with. So uh, we're going to get right down in it. Uh, and this is going to be a preview, uh, preview of what fans can expect with the Terry Collins show. Uh, first question to you is what excites you most about uh, launching a show? Well, you know, it's my first chance to be, to, to get out on, you know, in a podcast or social media to, um, be amongst the people that, you know, are responsible for the success of the game. And that's the, that's the fan base. So, you know, to be able to, to uh, have exposure to those guys, let them have questions, ask questions, let me kind of get inside some things that they're, they're not aware of. Um, you know, the scouting side, the player development side, things that, you know, everybody watches the major league club and lives and dies with their success. But there's a lot of things that go into uh, making that club successful. And uh, we want to talk about some of those things on this podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, we're going to go right into the the manager's seat there and take you into the dugout and and hear kind of an overview and, and to get the insights from somebody that's been in it. Uh, went to the World Series, had such a storied career. And we're also going to bring on guests uh, for you to talk to uh, each and every week, a talking with Terry segment. And uh, how is it going to be for you now on the other side of that microphone, getting to actually be the person asking the questions this time? Well, of you know, it, one of the things, John, I want to do is I want to have some fun. I want to have some fun with it. You know, I, I've been through the stressful sides of, of, of I'm being on the other side where Twice a day for seven years, uh, I had to answer questions. And some of them were tough and some of them, you know, were not very well thought out maybe by some guys. But, um, you know, you still had to answer them and had to answer them professionally. So I'm looking for looking at, for my opportunity to ask some questions about some of the guests that are going to be on about their experiences. And, you know, I'm not going to – I don't want to put anybody on the spot. I'm not trying to create any controversies here. Um, you know, this is about some fun and enjoying the sport. Yeah, I used to enjoy watching your pre, your post-game uh, uh, media scrums. And, you know, some of them got a little bit contentious. But one thing about you, you're always a straight shooter. And you didn't whitewash anything. You went straight to the point to talk about what you could talk about. So it was always fascinating uh, and uh, entertaining and educational listening to your press conferences. So now I'm anxious to, to see what you're going to do on the other side, because I certainly would love to bring on uh, baseball journalists, uh, uh, the guys that you have interacted with over the course of your career, and especially in New York. I mean, the beat writers there, you know, they, they're they they're always in your face. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you turning the tables on them as we get further down the road with this program. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but let's jump into 2024 Mets right now. Spring training is in full swing. The Mets are looking okay right now. Uh, with uh, giving some, uh, you know, they won a, you know, three, four games in a row. Uh, so they're uh, they're out there doing it. Give us some of your initial impressions on how the team looks to you so far in spring training. Well, so far, John, one of the things you do in spring training is, you know, obviously you spend early, early in camp making sure guys get some at bats and yet make sure they're working on the reps in the cages and doing the things to get, get their legs in shape and their timings and, you know, offensively or making sure the pitchers are getting their work on the side. So early in camp, it's really about showing the depth you have. And that's the thing I thought the Mets did this winter. They went out and they got a lot of pieces. They got a lot of guys. They brought a bunch of guys in who have got major league experience, who, you know, have, have a chance to make this ball club plus, with what some of the moves they made last year, they brought some very, very talented minor league players. And we used to make a joke about, you know, when you were in spring training, early in spring training, it was 
we're going to see how good our organization is compared to somebody else's organization because early in camp, you know, you're, you're, you're starting players are going to get two at-bats a game, maybe three at-bats a game, and the game's decided by who's got a better bench, you know, who's got better young players, who's got better extra players, and the Mets are showing right now the depth is playing. You know, I don't even, you know, I, I go to, I, I watch some of the games and, and I don't even recognize any of the names, except I know that these guys have got some big league experience and some of the minor leaguers that they're bringing over are talented guys. And that's why they're off to a great start in spring training. But you, you know, it's, what you do is you kind of build this up and, and as, as everybody starts to get in shape, that last, you know, that last 10 games of spring training, you start to see, you know, really what kind of a club you're going to have. Yeah, I was at uh, spring training camp last week, as you know, and uh, got to, uh, uh, you know, get together with you a few times. And 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 I was fascinated because the real work is behind the scenes. It's in the batting cages. It's the, the practice. There's all the drills that are taking place on four or five fields simultaneously. And then it's time for the game, which is just kind of like, all right, now we're going to play a baseball game. Yeah. So uh, it really is for somebody to take a look at what spring training is all about. Exactly what you said. It's the development. It's the, it's going through these monotonous drills, but you got to do it. It's preparing for the season, seeing, uh, seeing what rookies may stand out. So, uh, it was a great look on the inside, and we can't wait to really get uh, uh, deep into all this with you uh, when we uh, launch the Terry Collins show. Uh, getting to the 2023 Mets, obviously a disappointing season. Uh, team winning just 75 games, spending a lot of money, the biggest payroll in the history of baseball. And then when things did not go the way uh, everyone anticipated, made a lot of moves at the trading deadline. They traded away Scherzer. They traded away Verlander, Tommy Fan, Mark Hanna, Eduardo Escobar. Uh, but they got some very impressive prospects in return uh, who will make an impact as early as this season. And you're seeing them right now on the field in spring training. Uh, have any of these prospects stood out to you yet, like a Jet Williams, a Drew Gilbert, uh, uh, Luis Angel, Acuna? I mean, it seems like the team is loaded with with, with prospects now more than more than I can remember over the years. Well, you know, John, one of the things you do as an organization, and you see this a lot. I mean, you saw it for years with the Tampa Bay Rays and some of the teams that were trying to build. You know, they traded money guys good players that are going to help someone else this year and got future guys for them. And that's what the Mets have done. They, they thought last year at one time, Hey, look, this is not what we're, we're not going to expect to win. Uh, we, we've got to make some moves. So we made, they made some big trades, um, you know, with David Robertson and Scherzer and those guys. Well, they brought back some talented guys and the guy that so far that has stuck out to me is Drew Gilbert. I mean, very, it looks like an outstanding outfielder, yeah. uh, great speed, certainly uh, a, a very, very good throwing arm. You know, I saw heard the other day there was a, you know, hey, are the Mets going to move this guy to right field because he's got a great throwing arm? I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with having a good throwing arm in center field too. So, but this guy looks he's, like he's going to play it, play out as a, as a very, very talented center fielder. Acuna looks very good at second base, and I love the fact that they're teaming a lot with uh, Lindor where he's, you know, he's working with a veteran guy and a great player. So he's learning about, uh, you know, how to prepare yourselves, how to go about each and every bat, each and every pitch uh, with, with one of the best players in the game. And that's experience that you cannot teach as an instructor, as a coach. You know, one of the things we've said for years, 
You cannot teach the speed of the game. You have to be a part of it and feel it. And when you're out on that field and you're with a guy who can slow the game down as Lindor does, it's a great experience for Acuna. So, you know, those guys, and we're going to look at, we've seen some good arms in camp so far. Some minor guys that have good arms. But again, you know, you just let them have some experience, let them get ready, and then you got to go let them play. You know, as your as your regular players start building up their bats, they're going to start getting three and four bats. So now you're not going to have at bats for some of those guys. You've got to get them in minor league camp and let them work on so that they'll get their season so they can get off to a good start. Because when you need them, they're going to have to be off, you know, ready ready to go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, there's a whole crew of guys that uh, are very excited and anxious to get to that major league level. They're not that far away, so it's going to be really exciting to watch it unfold, especially with these young kids as they're getting ready uh, to hit the show, so to speak. Uh, The Mets have a new president of baseball ops, David Stearns, the guy that Steve Cohen wanted, I guess, since he bought the franchise. Uh, He's got him now. Um, uh, Both uh, Stearns and the philosophy of Cohen now are really focusing on the future. And that's what Cohen said when he bought the team. He wants it to be like the the Dodgers. He wants to develop the players from within. And uh, this year they reeled in the spending a little bit. They got a lot of dead money on the books, too. That is going to be coming off at the end of this season. Uh, Scherzer, maybe Verlander. Uh, What are your thoughts about the direction of where Cohen and Stearns are taking the New York Mets right now? Well, you know, John, every year, obviously, especially in the city of New York and and, and actually even in Los Angeles, you know, the you know, that fan base is so big that you, you know, you've got to put a competitive team on the field. And I think David and and, uh, he's going to and Steve are going to work on that. They're going to be a competitive team. You know, nobody nobody knows what's going to happen until until you go through 162 games. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be a lot of things that occur. There may be more trades that that as you go. But to maintain long term stability, you have got to have a good minor league system. And one of the first things you've got to do is you've got to sign players. And that's the thing the Los Angeles Dodgers have always done. That's what Tampa Bay has done. That's what the New York Yankees do. They draft players and they sign these guys. They don't let them get away to go back to go to, you know, if they're a high school kid and get in, go to a college or if they're a college guy, return another year. They sign those prospects and then they start to develop those prospects. And the the more you can get those guys that you really feel are going to be major league talented players, you've got to get them in your system. You've got to get them to understand the game and go out and sign them. And I think that's where uh, what David has done. Certainly he had to do that in Milwaukee. You know, they they didn't have the budget that he could – 
maintain some of their big price guys. So they had to go, they had to build their minor league system up. So when they called a player up, and you see a, one of the teams probably that does it better than anybody, the St. Louis Cardinals. Every time they bring a minor league player to the big leagues, he's ready to play. He's, he, he plays successfully at the major league level. And, and I think it's the way they train their players in the minor leagues. They get them ready. But when they call them up, John, they play them. They don't set them on the bench. You, you know, you got to think about a young man who in the minor leagues plays every single day. He's, you know, he gets in those, those routines, and we'll talk a lot about the routines these players have. Well, these minor league players who play every day, they have the same routines. When you call them to the big leagues and they set for three or four or five days because they're just called up as backup guys, a lot of times they struggle. And the one thing you can't do is put doubt in the young player's mind. They have to believe they can play there, and the only way they're going to find out is to get them in the lineup. Yeah, a lot of, of that went on last year uh, with uh, Mauricio and uh, Vientos and uh, even, uh, well, Beatty they gave the shot too, but even Alvarez in the beginning. Mm -hmm. they, they all played sporadically, and then they had to get their, you know, their rhythm, their timing back, and most of all the confidence. So, yeah, I agree with that. Those young players, once you bring them up, they're there for a reason. Put them in the game. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the only, you know, the other thing, you know, John, one of the things I experienced as a young manager is that, uh, you know, there's going to be failure in the game. There, you know, every day there's, as we've said before, and I've, you and I have talked about, it, there are two kind of major league players. There are the ones who've been humbled and the ones who will be humbled. And the faster you can get over the failure that you're going to you're going to face, everybody, every single player that's ever been in the big leagues has gone in a slump, has had a slump. Every pitcher's had a bad game. It's how you get through that and how you bounce back from those those slumps or those bad games that's going to decide how, how successful you're going to be. So there's nothing wrong with taking a young player up there, giving him the opportunity, and he's going to he's going to stumble. And that's it. Let's okay. Now you're right. Now you, what you have to do as a coach or a manager is how are we going to get through this? How are we going to get this guy through this? Let's get him back out there. You know what? Maybe there's going to be a time. Hey, maybe he's going to need a day to catch his breath because especially with the pressures in New York about having success and playing successfully for your fan base, that can put a lot of heat on a, on a young guy. So I just think, you know, the sooner you can get test those guys, the better they're going to be. And I think this year I, I've already seen, you know, I've seen a little bit of different player in Vientos in spring training. He's just got a little bit of different attitude to him. And so I think, you know, the fact that, hey, he understood what happened last year when he got his chance to play and how he, what he has to work on to get better. And I think those kind of guys that can take that opportunity, run with it and see what they have to do. And, and then, you know, direct themselves. Hey, look, here's what I have to do to be able to play at this level. They're the ones who are going to have success. Yeah, absolutely. Vientos is certainly looking. He's carrying himself a little bit differently this year. He's part of the team. He knows he's going to be there. So that uh, I, I can't wait to see that, that young man do what he really can do as we go forward. Uh, the biggest question for the New York Mets uh, in spring trading, uh, and it is the talk of everyone, is Pete Alonso, uh, the star first baseman, the guy that uh, has grown up with the Mets and now is under the last year of team control. Scott Boris is the agent, so we all know where this is heading. Um, talk to us about the Pete Alonso that you know and what he means to this franchise and how important is it for the New York Mets organization to do whatever it takes to bring him back and make him a Met for life. Well, Pete's a star. Pete's a great player. Obviously, his offensive talents are off the charts. Uh, one of the things I saw, even when I watched him play in the minor leagues, 
He's a run producing guy. He knows how to drive runs in and you can't find those guys. The other thing he wants to do, he wants to play in New York City. And John, you and I have talked about, there's a lot of guys who can't handle New York City. They can't handle the fact that, hey, you know, you might go four for four one night and the next night strike out with the bases loaded and have the people boo you after you won the game the night before. That comes with the territory of being playing in New York. And Pete Alonso can handle it. Not only that, he wants to handle it. He's got the attitude for it. He's involved in the city, lots of functions in the city, lots of the charities in the city. Pete's a big part of the New York Mets. And so I think when it comes to a guy like Pete Alonso, and certainly you have got to direct yourself to say, hey, how can we bring this guy back? You know, what's it going to take for us to bring this guy back? And yeah, Scott Boris is going to ask for a lot of money. That's understandable. And, and, he, and by the way, Scott gets it for his, for his clients. But you know what you're getting from Pete Alonso. You know, Pete Alonso will always be hungry. That's one of the things about handing out multi-year contracts to guys. And you saw where a guy has a couple of great years, he gets a multi-year deal, and next thing you know, he kind of disappears for a few years until it's contract time. Pete's not that kind of a guy. Pete Alonso loves to play. He prepares himself to play. He's determined to be very, very good. He, you've seen the statements where one of his biggest goals is to win a gold glove. You know, and so he's not going to give up and he's not going to stop working until he achieves those goals. And those are the kind of players you want that you can build around him. Pete's not going to change who he is. So what you've got to do now is you've got this one stable piece in the middle of your lineup. Let's try to build around him and find the pieces are going to make him even that much better and more and that much successful. And, and Pete Alonso is a guy I think the Mets certainly are going to bring back. I don't think he's that David that David Stearns is going to let him go. I don't think uh, Steve Cohen's going to let Pete go. But it's certainly going to be uh, an exciting thing to watch. But I'll tell you what I think this year I think you're going to watch Pete Alonso have a huge season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And, of course, uh, uh, Steve Cohen says, I hope he hits 55 home runs. I hope he makes <laughs> the decision that much tougher for me because, hey, look what happened with Aaron Judge and the Yankees. Right. right. He, turned down, uh, you know, he turned down that offer from the Yankees, and they played it out, and then he went to free agency, almost left to San Francisco, but they brought him back with a massive contract. That could be the same thing with Pete. And Cohen's got the money. So whatever uh, whatever is going to happen as they go into free agency and if Pete has a monster year, you know that Cohen can afford to bring this guy back. And if they don't, then I, all heck is a break with the Mets fan base. But uh, I have a good feeling that they'll bring him back as well. Yeah, um, I do too, John. You know, I, I look at, you know, Pete's been there long enough now. He's starting to see. You know, they're, they're retiring Doc Gooden's number. They're retiring Straw's number. Straw's in camp now. Carlos Beltran's in camp. David Wright's been in camp. And Pete experiences that. He has seen those guys. He's been in the organization long enough. He was here when David was a star. So he understands what it's like to be a star in New York City, and it's like nothing else. And by the way, Aaron Judge wasn't going anyplace else. Make no mistake about it. You know, he was playing every day, and right behind him was were those monuments out there. And he wants to be, he wants to have his picture on in that on that monument wall. And I think Pete's the same way. He looks at all those retired jerseys up on that the Hall of Fame on, on the top of, of uh, City Field. And I think Pete said, "I'm going to have my number up there one of these days." And I, so I think that's, you know, I think Pete's going to do everything and what he can do to remain a New York Met. Yeah, I believe that as well. Uh, as we close out this preview, Gary. Uh, we're going to be able to uh, uh, also field questions from the fans and get some messages so we can answer them here for them. Uh, 
when I uh, uh, went on social media and talked about uh, getting the opportunity to work with you, I got a uh, direct message from a friend who says, I guess you're in the jackpot now. So, <laughs> so that is a phrase that Kai is now part of your lore, even though you didn't say it. Uh, looks like uh, we're in the jackpot. So uh, for, the, for the people who don't know, kind of fill them in on what that means uh, from Terry Collins. And, well, was, and you didn't say it. I didn't say it. Yeah, Tom Halley and the umpire told the guys on the mound while I was arguing with the home plate umpire that, you know, their butts were in the jackpot. But uh, I really don't know what that means. I'm going to have to, <laughs> when I finally see Tom, I'll have to ask him. But uh, certainly it's a phrase that has stuck with that that argument I had with the umpires at that particular time has stuck st stuck with me. It's been part of who I am now as I walk around the golf courses or the streets of New York. I have people walking by and they'll say, hey, your butt's in the jackpot or, oh, you got to give us a shot. I mean, I hear about it every day. Um, but it's, it's um, something that's very – and that's why being a New York Met, performing in that town, you know, having some success – you know, it will last a lifetime. Yeah, that is a viral video as well, that argument. And that uh, took place when uh, Noah Syndergaard threw at Chase Utley uh, after that horrific, uh, uh, you know, slide into second base that broke to hottest leg in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, the jackpot uh, is something I'm sure you hear all the time. And, uh, and, your, and your response is like, you got to give us a shot. You got to <laughs> give us a shot. And, and it's one of the best, arguments and and ejections that I've ever seen in an MLB game, but it was mic'd up and it's out there for people to see on YouTube or wherever else. Uh, it, it's a fascinating look at what happened on the field that day. Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I'm very unfortunate that, you know, Noah got ejected on, on the pitch because it was a big game against the Dodgers. And, yeah. you know, and obviously it was the first time we'd seen Chase Sutley since he broke Tejada's leg, but, you know, one of the things I learned for a, lo a long time ago when I started managing in the major leagues is the umpires. And now they're, they're obviously with replays and all of the other things that are going on, their game has changed also. I, I got that. But one of the things those old umpires knew, they knew the game, John. They knew the game and they knew that when something happened on the field that, you know, wasn't kosher necessarily to the game. And, you know, they knew that there was going to be some type of retaliation. And they used to say, you get one shot and then we're going to put an end to this. And we never got that shot until that time. And then Noah got ejected and so did I. But um, yeah, so it's kind of lived with me forever. And I, and I, you know, I, I wasn't mad at Tom Hallion. I've, I've known Tom Hallion for years and years. And he's one of the best guys and one of the best umpires in the game. It just, uh, you know, when you get under the heat of the action and, you know, that you can kind of get carried away with yourself once in a while. Yeah, we hope uh, maybe we'll bring Tom on and that would be a really fascinating episode on the Terry Collins show. And uh, Terry, we look forward to a great season covering baseball with you and giving the Met fans the opportunity to hear directly from someone who is such a huge part of the New York Mets and their historic uh, franchise history. Uh, Terry, uh, I want to remind everybody out there also that they you're now on social media, so I'll give your handles out uh, for the Terry Collins Show. Uh, you can go to X, formerly Twitter, go to Instagram, and both of those accounts, you could follow Terry at terrycollins underscore 10 on both Instagram and on X, formerly Twitter. 
and there'll be a post on there. Follow Terry, share it, spread the word that Terry Collins has his own show, the Terry Collins show, which is debuting right in time for the 2024 baseball season. Uh, Terry, it's a pleasure to be with you. And this is the first of many. We're going to have a great season. Thank you, John. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. Until next time, when we officially debut the Terry Collins Show, this is John Arezzi for Terry Collins. Let's go Mets.